Hey, y'all, it's Akemini with a special public service announcement from Black Body Health and the CDC. African Americans are only 12% of the population, but in 2016, we accounted for 44% of all HIV diagnoses. With Black women disproportionately affected, National HIV AIDS Testing Day is coming up on June 27th. There are so many ways to get tested. You can get a home test on Amazon or use the testing locator on the CDC's website. Whatever is easiest and best for you. Support hashtag doing it my way by pledging to get tested in 2018. This message was brought to you by Black Body Health and the CDC. Get tested, y'all. Welcome to Truth's Table, Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm Akemini. Michelle and Christina couldn't make it today, but as you know, this table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, sisters. We see you. I see y'all. Um, uh, and uh, so t- we have a special episode. Y'all know we've been in our Black Music Month series, and we have been jamming with our fellow artists at the table who've been blessing us with their gifts and and sh- talking about how God has uh, met them uh, in this in this particular uh, uh, gifting and ministry that they have. And so we, I am, uh, and on behalf of Michelle and Christina, I am honored to bring Ruth Naomi Floyd to the table. Hey, Ruth, how you doing, sis? Hello, my beautiful Black sister. <laughs> it's good to, to be here with you. It's so good to have you at the table. I was like, we need to bring somebody who is seasoned, who's been in the game for years. And we're like, who, who could that be? Who could that be? Michelle's like, Ruth, Ruth Naomi Floyd. I was like, duh. So, <laughs> so I wow. am honored to have you at the table with us, Ruth, really oh, and truly. My honor. Thank you. I'm very honored and grateful for the invitation, truly. Yes, thank you so much. And um, just in case our listeners do not know um, about your just brilliance, um, let me let me share a little something for them. Uh, over the past 20 years, Ruth Naomi Floyd has built a successful career in music. A vocalist and composer on the international scene, Ruth has dedicated a discography explicitly dedicated to a sacred jazz expression. Ruth leads her own multifaceted ensemble and her recordings consist primarily of original compositions. Blessed with a soaring mezzo-soprano voice, critics praise Ruth's music for its distinctive sound of progressive ensemble jazz that is seamlessly blended with messages of hope, faith, redemption, and love. A committed music educator, Ruth is director of jazz studies at Karen University, Langhorne, Pennsylvania, and teaches music at the City School in Philadelphia. Philly stand up. Yes. Uh, Ruth is passionate about the intersection of art with culture and community through the lens of social justice. She shares her knowledge of the arts, culture, and justice in universities, seminaries, and performance centers around the world. Welcome to the table, Ruth. Oh, oh my goodness. So good to be here. 
Oh my goodness. And y'all, this is only a little tiny snippet of her bio, like for real. <laughs> like, we are going to put her entire bio in the show notes. So make sure you read that so you can see what a powerhouse we have at the table. So Ruth, I mean, of course, the first question we typically ask is, talk to us about your faith journey. How did you come to faith uh, in Jesus Christ? Well, um, I am the middle daughter of three girls of um, my dad, who is uh, very deeply respected in Philadelphia as a modern day John the Baptist, um, but also more importantly, as an urban missionary before it was in vogue and before it was Traxon Seminary and and Christian colleges of taking the gospel to where it's needed most and bringing the gospel. And so uh, the late 1960s, there was a terrible, terrible problem with gang warfare in Philadelphia. And he um, put down his badge. He was a decorated cop 16 and a half years in and gave up his badge for the Bible. And he realized the badge was a barrier for the youth because between the ages of 13 and 21, three to five youths were being killed each week in gang warfare. And the badge really became a barrier. And so he gave up his illustrious career and began working in the streets, in the schools. And uh, so I was brought uh birth and born in a, in a Christian home, drank it in with my mother's milk. But I really remember I was the last of, I'm going to say my mother's daughters because she was not happy. I was the last of her <laughs> three daughters to come to faith. And she was like, oh you, for me and my house, you're going to serve the Lord. She had all the scriptures sharing with come me on, pointedly. Um, yeah. And I remember one time I just went to my dad and grabbed his hand and just said, I just want to know Jesus for myself. And I remember just my mom and dad stopping and saying, and my father said, Betty, don't say anything more to her. She knows what she needs to do. And wow. and it was really powerful. So anyway, I came to faith at a young age, and I did. I waited wow. to know that I really wanted to know, even at that young age, that it was in my parents' coattails. And, uh, and so my dad was really just radical for Jesus and got a lot of uh, criticism for the way he went about sharing the gospel. Um, but also a lot of support. And I saw that. And so it greatly influenced me um, to d- be doing the different types of work and music that I'm doing now. But really, I remember at age 19, again, I had another time where I had to sit, set aside and say, I really want to know that I know that I know that I know that this Jesus and what makes him so different from the other quote unquote gods and what really touched my heart was that I heard, you know, I, I'm, we, we know, um, you know, that, that great question that, or statement that Nietzsche says, I cannot believe in a God who doesn't dance. And I'm certainly glad mm. we serve a God who dances. Mm, and we? I said, but what kind of God can I, I, can I not believe in? And it really struck me. And just examining the other religions, my parents, my parents are very worried, like, ooh, hope, you know, um, hope <laughs> right. she has a strong foundation. I hope she really is the Lord's. <laughs> but, um, I really un- came to understand that I could not serve a God who didn't understand suffering, who did not, mm-hmm. who wasn't acquainted with grief, mm-hmm. who allowed all these, uh, terrible catastrophe and tragedies yeah. and things to happen, but not know it. And one who would walk towards that. That right. uh, suffering, 
um, yeah. and show his transparency and show his humanity. And he does that yeah. so brilliantly and so honestly in the Garden of Gethsemane. So when I read that, I was really upset. I was like, I grew up in the Ramble area. I'm like, Jesus, no, no, no. You shouldn't be like begging your peeps to pray with you and sweat yeah. some tears. You need to be like, let's go. We're going to throw down uh-huh. Roman Empire. We're going to stop, dismantle mm-hmm. this, you know. And mm-hmm. and I really had to work with that and realize that why he was saying, let this cup, if this cup could pass. Mm-hmm. And I, he knew the answer and we know the answer. But I love that he asked the question. Mm. And so then we have to do as he says. After we ask and the Lord says, no, you got to drink from that bitter cup, boo. Then we have to stand up and say, not my will, but thine be done. And that's what at 19 years old deepened my faith. I said, I can, I can serve Mm. this God. I can die Mm. for this God. I can, I can proclaim this God. And it was really, really powerful. So I'm really grateful, 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 uh, and I think it's important if you have a strong enough foundation to to really yeah. study the philosophers because they it's a great way of, you know, as you very well know, apologetics of coming back with an answer, uh, being able mm-hmm. to handle the questions of the world and of great minds and brilliant philosophies with the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. Well, you better go on and preach, Ruth. And <laughs> no, see, now, you no. know, cross. I, I love it. I love it. I'm here for it. I love, and I love how you brought up Rambo Jesus, if I can say. <laughs> yes. You know, who, who, who's, who's still prancing around, which is a false Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we, I thank God that we worship a God who is both lion and lamb, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. who's transcendent and imminent. Mm-hmm. You need to know that God is near us. We need to know yes. that God walks with us, yes. right? Yes. Um, on the road of suffering. And gone before it's not us. Suffering. Gone He's before gone before us. us. Yes. And he paved that path. Oh, that's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing oh, that. absolutely. And I'm just, you know, it's just, yeah, I'd love to hear how people come to faith and, and what that looked like uh, for you. And I'm, I'm just curious about how you, how your your gift for, for, for just singing and being just a beautiful vocalist, jazz vocalist, how did that come, come to be? I am so grateful that when we open the word of God, the first one, Genesis first one one, the way that God introduces Himself to us is not as Redeemer, Savior, Lord, uh, Deliverer, Father, is as an artist, as a creator, and so the very fact that the greatest artist of all time, the greatest musician who created out of nothing, no notes, no papers, no chords, no music theory, no paints, no canvas, um, created beauty out of nothing, would give sons and daughters the gift of creativity and give it to me. I am so deeply grateful. And so um, it is what fuels my passion to share music and, you know, even my visual arts as a reflection of the most beautiful one of the first and greatest artists. And so when it comes to singing and composing music, I can't help but think of Zephaniah, that the, the greatest one sings over us. 
to have I, all of us, I, I hope everyone has had the gift of having someone sing over their grandmother, a, a saint in the Lord or someone, I'm not saying a happy birthday, but I mean, cradle them or sing over them as they're sleepy or as they're sick and sing with, it's just powerful. But that the, the great I am would sing over us. And so, you know, there's a saying by the great, well, great blues singer is that the definition of a blues singer is one who never stops singing. And so we have one, as we just discussed, who understands the blues, who became the blues for us. And what does he do? He never stops singing over us. And so it's an honor. And I, I do it with deep fear and trembling, but with such passion. I am so grateful. It's, it blows my mind that people want to hear what I have to offer. And then in a way for it to, to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ and with uh, a gospel that reaches and, and touches on every culture and every ism and issue of our being, of our time and of our being, um, is really powerful. So it's, uh, I, it's really the, the, the foundation of grati gratitude. And it's, it's something that knowing my vocation, know that I'm called to do this, knowing that I've studied hard, that God has allowed me to be dedicated to learning the craft, to studying the craft, the history of the craft, uh, the positives, the negatives, the hardships, the tribulations, and all that comes with that to do that. And it's really amazing. It's a beautiful language to communicate beautiful themes and most certainly the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes. And I think that's what I found so compelling about your body of work is, um, you know, when you think jazz, oftentimes we don't, all, we should, I think, right. um, because I think, I think it's one of the clearest, I actually think music is one of the clearest evidences yes. of God's existence. Yes. That's just my own Yes, absolutely. Unformed, um, not, not untrained. Truthful. You know, yes, absolutely. But you know, I, I do believe it's one of the evidences of God's existence and particularly something about jazz, which can be, um, which in some ways, in, in one, um, on one side of the coin, right, can be void of God, really, in right. some ways, meaning, right, like, oh, this is just straight instrumentation. We're, we're right. listening to this person and all that which was god given anyway right but but on the flip side what you do i think it's amazing how you infuse i mean inject jesus the gospel redemption into your work um can you talk to us about your dedication um to making um uh the most high center um in in your in your in your body of work i, I just for me i found that to be very uh intriguing and awesome Sure. Well, we have to start with, you know, this Black Music Month. How did Black music come to America? Yeah, yeah. yeah How did it come right. to yeah. America? You know, uh, President uh, Carter, and I'm grateful for him, I think, was it 73, 79? Um, I think yesterday, I think is the anniversary, June 21st, I think 1979, I'm not sure, but um, said Black, uh, Black Music Month, African American Music Month. But we don't take a lot of time to think of how did black music come to America. Well, we know um, it was it, the darkest period in American history. Um, and so in the midst of them with no liberation in sight, dehumanized, oppressed, the African prisoners of the forced labor system of American slavery, some would say American Christian slavery, some would say American white Christian slavery, 
lifted their heads and what? Sang. And so they brought with them their African um, instincts and together with the other melodies that they heard here, created this body of work that stands the test of time. You have no R&B, you have no blues, you have no hip hop, you have no jazz, you have none of that without the African-American spirituals. So you want to talk about redemptive beauty? That in the midst of this terrible time, God took something beautiful and redeemed it, that I wish they were here. I wish the enslaved Africans could know that the music they created while being dehumanized was the music that was the foundation for not just Black America, but for American music. And so it was the root. And so when you have, you know, as a tree and those limbs and all the fruit, but we always have to go back to the root. And so now I forgot the question, but but, but (laughs) but the root of that is, is how do I sing? I look at historically, culturally, who am I? Where do I come from? Who did God make me to be? Mm. And I would say this, and I say this all the time. If you can look at someone and judge by based on the, their skin color or their facial features or whatever and say and and be racist and sexist against mm-hmm. them you are looking in the eyes of the first and greatest artists and saying actually that isn't good all mm. these other things are good but that's not good mm. so you become mm. what an art critic to the greatest artists and so so with that with that running in my veins, that music, that 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 endurance of creating, um, I have to go back to the sovereign God who allowed this, where I'm sure they couldn't see, why, Lord, how long, Lord, what's going on, but to see the fruit of that. And so for me, I'm very, very serious about the music I do. And that's, I was very serious about um picking jazz as the genre of music to spread because we serve an improvisational God. It should be you and me on that cross. Mm. Be improvised from Genesis, the beginning, his grace is, imp- it's amazing. So when you look at the Bible, at the Bible through what we call jazz theology or through the lens of improvisation, mm. hello. Mm. Yeah. And wow. so for me, I have to give honor to the one the greatest creator, the one who created um, masterfully, but then also the one who bled and died and gave himself for me. And so that others mm. will have a chance here, but also to talk about what he called, he cares about the widow. Mm. Those were hungry, yeah. the prisoners, yeah. social mm. justice. When we think of just social justice, we're not watering down our theology. We are not compromising our theology. We are not no. pushing away the unadulterated word of God and making mm. social justice to be the theology. It goes mm-hmm. hand in hand. Yes. And yes. so I have to talk about that also and sing mm. about that. And so there's really no other choice. Do I love singing standards? Yes, I'll sing a standard in a red hot minute. <laughs> <laughs> but I cannot have the same passion and same devotion I do when I'm singing about the one who saved me yeah, and the one yeah. who tells us and instructs us how to live on this earth with our neighbors and how to treat them. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And and as Nina Simone said, you know, an artist's job is to reflect the times. It is to reflect the times, right? That is our, um, and especially Christians are to be really prophetic. Yeah. 
in it. We're supposed to be. Exactly. Exactly. And so I, th- I thought it was beautiful how you talked about how you're going to look at another image bearer and I, regardless of the race, and tell them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and become an art critic. God's art. You're going to critique God's art handiwork. Yeah, I mean, really what you're saying when God has said something is good, you're actually calling God a liar yes. by saying it's not good. Absolutely. So it's very dangerous. You know, like, when you think about it that way, it's like, oh, wow. Like we, we have to reverence, you know, God's creativity and yes. his handiwork. And, and that sounds like that's what you do uh, with, with your body of work. And, and that you just, it sounds like you, you see yourself as carrying the baton, right? Of our ancestors that passed, you know, they, they passed that baton to you. And now they're, they're in, in glory now singing before the King of Kings now, you know, but it, and it just sounds like you're just doing such a immaculate job of that. Um, and, and which actually reminds me of another truth teller uh, that you know very well, Frederick Douglass. And you know, I mean, and you, I, I just love to hear more about your your latest body of work of the Frederick of the Frederick Douglass jazz works. Like it's um it's a jazz septic, if you could tell us what that is. <laughs> it's comprised of original compositions based on Douglass's uh, speeches and writing, which I think is just mind-blowing. Please, first of all, tell us, what is a septet? Oh, a septet. <laughs> That's my... Oh, septet. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Okay. It's, it's my... Um, <laughs> it is a seven-group ensemble. I mean, and, and it's oh, a seven-member. Okay. So, um, but we do go from, like, uh, next month we're doing a ten-piece, and then we can do it as probably the smallest is a quintet um, because there's just Got so many it. parts uh, to it. But, um, yes, you know, I talk, okay. I'm a root person and I think, you know, and I'm also a teaching artist, which is great because I need to learn from my students. I need to instruct them. That's my job. Yeah. But I love that kind mm-hmm. of conversation and that back and forth. And so for me, um, we spend so much time talking about the fruit and that's wonderful. And we yes. have to address that yeah. and attack that and resist that and pray about those things. And, you know, mm-hmm. but we have to remember the root of this. So when you're thinking of racism, you can't just start right. with the 60s and 70 and MLK. You've got to go all the way back. Yeah. When you're thinking, even theologically, when you're thinking about mm-hmm. the Puritans coming here, why, mm-hmm. what happened that mm-hmm. the very thing that they were escaping from later on, the early Americans, and I'm not saying all Puritans, mm-hmm. but America, then became what some people would say what they despised and then oppressed, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, Africans. And so you have to know the history of that. You have to have the root. You have to know. So Frederick Douglass to me was just an incredible beast. Um, an orator, abolitionist, writer, publisher, statesman, banker, pastor, preacher, which is quite controversial. Um, and <laughs> he really dealt with the root because he was the root. Him and Harriet Tubman, Harriet Tubman, our greatest liberator in our faith, you know, were, are the roots. And so when, uh, I've just loved history. There's a part of me that dreams like, Oh, I should have majored in history. Um, but, um, (laughs) I love it. I've studied it for years in New York public libraries. Like here she comes again with her list of requests. (laughs) Uh, they, They even have a little chair for me. It's so sweet. Um, but, um, you know, the Schomburg, I'm always, wherever I travel, I'm going to the historical societies to learn. And as I, about 10 years ago, started really diving deep into Frederick Douglass, uh, Douglass my mind was just really, really blown. And um, I didn't set out to 
create a body work. I was doing a lot of other things at the time, but I created this, this song one night. Melody came to me and I was like, oh, and I stayed up almost all night writing the tune. And then lyrics um, usually aren't um, as tough as, you know, uh, you know, trying to create lyrics. I usually can push through it. This time I couldn't find any lyrics. So I said, well, there's nothing pressing. I don't have a concert. No one's expecting this music. I'll just put it in the vault and go on. And I was riding the train and reading one of his speeches. And I said, oh, my gosh, I think I think his words can match that tune. And so I created a three song cycle and then the music just kept coming. And so we have, you know, uh, a 10 piece, 10 song, you know, jazz works that that speak uses his speeches, his writings of Frederick Douglass, which is as if he was living right now. Is that it, it's I mean, it was five years before Emancipation Proclamation that he's talking about black power. I'm like, Lord, have mercy. Um, it's just amazing. So and he tells the truth. He tells the truth, particularly about Christianity and that tension and the, the hypocriticalness of the Christian um, slave owners and and how that how they had to change their theology to make slavery work. And so, uh, and the dangers of that and what that meant and what that, so it's just really powerful about resistance, about enduring, pressing on about, you know, escape and what freedom really is. And so I decided to just create this body of work that came to me quite naturally and, and to remind people that behind all these terrible things, Charlottesville and all these things, you have to remember the root. You don't have to live there. We can't live there. But when talking about the fruit and talking about solutions, you can't forget those that came before you that did the hard work at a high cost to provide solutions. So you're talking about Baldwin, Malcolm X, um, Fannie Lou Hammer. I'm talking about Nina Simone. You're talking about all those Sojourner Truth all of those, Nat Turner, all of those that did the work of showing us what justice looks like in different ways and um, and what freedom looks like in different ways and how to deal that. And so if you just cut off the fruit, bad fruit, it's, it's a big chance that there's going to be another piece that's going to be bad. So you got to deal with the root. So it's a body of music and jazz uh, original compositions that speak to it. We have violin, guitar drums, bass, background vocalists. It's just really beautiful, beautiful. And I'm so excited that the Lord gave this to me and that I can take this out. Is it, an, and it's for, it's a historical piece. Um, Frederick Douglass was a Christian, so I'm glad to share that part with it. But it's really talking about the issue of racism and, and those issues today uh, that we're still continuing to fight in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, time always uh, has a way of proving the prophets right, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In their time, it's like they're hated, despised, you know, bukes gone, all that, you know, but then in time you go, oh yeah, they were right. Yeah. You know, and absolutely. Uh, and, and, and Douglas was definitely spot on because yeah, you're right. His, 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 and I think he, and I, resonates. I'll be, I'll be bold enough to say in our own tradition what in theological circle, what is what I'm really afraid of to be really candid and, and is that we're forgetting some things. There's a lot of victories. We are so grateful for the victories, but we cannot forget 
the root problems yes. and the root issues. And so, you know, um, you know, <laughs> Malcolm X talks about, you know, you can't put a knife in. I can't remember uh-huh. the quote exactly. In the, in the back. Uh-huh. It goes yeah. up six and inches and pull it out three. Exactly. And call it progress. Yeah. And so there's progress, but we can't sit in victory mm-hmm. and not continue to pull that knife all the yes. way out. And yes, those victories will add to that, but I, the victory should be short lived and the work should begin. Yes. Um, because if not, then you're celebrating the inches that are out, but the mm. knife is still in the back. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I think, um, you're getting at something where, where it's like, there, there's still that work to be done, that justice that still Absolutely. needs to pass. And I think we're in danger mm-hmm. of, you know, I think we're in danger of thinking we have arrived again and we, we, we've been through that and we see where we are now. Mm-hmm. And so well. we haven't arrived. The end isn't here. There's still more to go. Yeah, it's nine inches and pull it out six. Mm-hmm. We can't forget about those three inches is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. So there needs to be soberness. You know, it's told when um, when there was a certain vic- victory in the PCH General Assembly last year mm-hmm. or year before. Um, you know, I tell the story of uh, an elderly African slave. Mm. And they come and say, Emancipation's proclamations here. Mm. It's here. Aren't you going to dance? And she says, no, no, no. Come on, you got to dance. She's the matriarch of the, the eldest mm-hmm. uh, slave of, of the, on the plantation. And everyone wants her to dance because she's the elder. Right, right. And keep nudging her. Come on, come on, come on, dance. And then she goes, finally, she says, not yet. And they keep bugging her. Finally, she says, where's my mother and father? Where's my sister and brother? Where's my children? Mm. Where's my husband? Mm. Mm. I'll dance, mm. but not yet. Mm. And so mm. she, what she took was a chance of mourning. That was good. And then got up and danced, but then got back to work. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like I, we, we have to have a time of mourning that even in 2018, it took this long. Right. And then we celebrate victorious. Yes, celebration. But then we have to get to work. Yeah. And I, I just reading the post and reading so many of our friends, it feels like it's over. We got it done now. No, no, no. There's mm. still, we got to get those three inches out. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. And that there is a lot of work to do. And I think what I, uh, what I admire, uh, one of the things that I admire most about you is the, the fact that, um, Though you know you're a prolific, you know, um, uh, singer and, and composer and, and travel the world, or you know, twice over, uh, it, it's the fact that you keep your 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 feet to the ground um, and your hands to the plow, um, mm. and particularly um, with regard to just your own the ways that you give back and you minister even here right here in the city of Philadelphia. Uh, I know that if you could talk to us about your own um, work uh, and ministry of working with people um, who have eight, who have been infected with HIV and AIDS and we have you know national testing day is coming up uh yes on June 27th HIV testing day yes. everybody go get tested um yes and yes, yes. I, yeah if you could talk to us about your own uh um, work and ministry and ministering to people with HIV and AIDS I'm sure our listeners would love to hear that sure thank you for this opportunity well you know my my father said to me what are you doing when you're not behind you know composing a song or singing what else are you doing to contribute to community? And he, he wasn't, um, 
dismissing the power of the arts or of music, but he was saying, what else are you doing, Ruth? And really what he was saying was, how are you keeping yourself accountable and your ear to the ground? And, um, and I'm so grateful for that wisdom. I was telling him that the other day, he's struggling with dementia and he has really clear moments, which are just beautiful and becoming more precious as time goes on. But I'm thankful for that. So, uh, the Lord, I was doing a Jonah, I was investment banking, mm-hmm. um, and taking my series tests and was glad because I'd, I'd witnessed my parents, you know, eating hot dogs and baked beans for two weeks because there was no money. So I was like, yeah, let's be on the other side of that. Um, I'll be the one that gives the money. Praise God. Right. Yes. I'll be the donor. Right. So I'm the lender. Not I was the donor. <laughs> yes. I will send them. So, um, and the Lord said, no. And I said, I, I can't quite hear you. And, you know, I was about to go down, you know, and, and then I realized, I don't know what kind of whale the Lord's going to send in my life. Let yeah. me just be obedient. It's yes. better be in his will than out. Yes. So um, I ended that that career. And at that time, 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia was addressing every social ill, believe it or not, mm. this reformed PCA church right, right. in Philadelphia you know, 99 point something black, uh, white, mm-hmm. Caucasian, mm-hmm. was addressing every social ill. One of the things they did was hope ministry. And what we did along with Dr. Kenneth Lauder, who was director, was to give the gift of mercy to those infected and affected by mm-hmm. HIV and AIDS. Mm-hmm. So this is the early 90s. I had been yeah. doing some stuff before then in the late 80s where it was just really AIDS was coming out. You didn't know yeah, how it was. Everybody was, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, it's it's like the film of Philadelphia, you know, you just didn't know how it was contracted. It was just crazy. Um, People were dying like flies. It's just Mm -hmm. amazing. There was only one funeral uh, that would take an AIDS corp, only one hospital. It was just, Mm -hmm. there's, but a profound work. As the the virus changed and as, um, you know, we, more education came and more medical awareness and things like that, the, the ministry grew to, you know, helping people to live mm. with HIV and AIDS. And then I went on to a great health center in Philadelphia, North Philadelphia, Esperanza Health Center. Yeah, and then I yes. went on my own, really. Uh, so uh, giving test, uh, HIV, AIDS, mm-hmm. uh, awareness, doing workshops, um, going in the prisons and testing, doing seminars, prevention. Uh, and I've been doing that uh, since. Um, I had a chance to do it in Africa. I'll be doing that again. Oh, wow. um, and so it's just really been a profound thing. It is the thing that at the end of my life, I will be most grateful for uh, to do. And so thank goodness for medicine yeah. that you can live long life. I remember those where it was six months and you're out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And uh, so I'm grateful for that. But because of that, I think that the awareness has become and the sense of urgency has lessened mm. and it, the numbers are mm. still high yes. and there's still uh, so much going on. When you look at the, mm. you know, just of uh, the black and brown communities of what total population, uh, what percentage that they represent in the total population against the what percentage of all people living with yes. HIV yes. and AIDS, it's, it's, it's still the numbers are too high mm. and it's still preventable. And so... Um, I'm really grateful in, you know, the past 10, 20 years to see the African-American church stepping up and really becoming integral in the place of getting the information out and conducting trainings and 
um, incorporating that message in church activities. Mm -hmm. Many of African-American churches have HIV AIDS ministry, which is really beautiful um, because that's where the black church was birthed out of. Yes. You know, yes. there's a lot of criticism of the black church I get from mm -hmm. our brothers and sisters. And they say, why is there a need? Why can't we just be one church? And I'm like, well, y'all well, didn't uh, want to worship with us. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> and y'all wouldn't allow us to worship. We, the black church was, was, was crucial, right. necessary. And so it became an all place. It was the right. only place for slavery for a while where the two or three a slaves could be together without a white person present. Sure. So yes, we were worshiping and praising, but also in the back room, well. there was the baptismal where when it wasn't filled with water, it was a tunnel to the woods mm -hmm. and you could try and go for freedom. Yeah. So it had to be a place of social justice yeah. along with theology. And that is certainly not our fault. Yeah. Um, and so the, the foundation of that is incorporated in that theology. Um, and the theology of the gospel of Jesus Christ stands alone but associated from the birth of it on the slave fields um, had to be a sense of justice and a sense of freedom and liberation because we could not teach and hear the gospel without knowing that we are free and that we are made in the image of God. Yeah. And so we had to combat that. So I'm really glad to see the African-American church for decades now stepping, walking alongside of them. And it's really a beautiful place to give the gift of presence, yes. especially for those that for years, for 15 years of those death and dying, there is nothing a, just a more precious gift than to give someone the gift of presence when they're taking their last breath. Um, and so many of those families were, mm -hmm. for the people with HIV and AIDS were struggling with what that looked like. Mm -hmm. They thought they could catch it. They thought right. there were a lot of isms and stereotypes yeah. and everything else. And so for um, just to be allowed to sing a song and to hold their hand as mm -hmm. they left this earth mm -hmm. was Sing over them. beautiful. Mm -hmm. But like you said, it also kept me grounded and kept me in tune to what really matters at the end of the day. Not the high note, not the dense jazz chord, not the people applauding. It's what are you doing mm -hmm. when you're not doing those things that, you know, only for what you do for Christ will last. And those yeah, two things yeah. are, but it's beautiful to be giving back to the community in a different way. Yeah. And I, I think what you're doing, it's such important work. Cause as you said, you, you, you mentioned the, the stats and the reality is that African-Americans, we, we make up 12% of the population, yeah. but um, according to the CDC in 2016, we accounted for 44% of all yeah. HIV diagnosis with yes. black women disproportionately. Yes. So it, it is a, it is um, a very critical um, um, issue you know, in, in our community. And I am glad to hear that the churches are um, stepping up, but we do want to let our listeners know that there are many ways for you to get tested as well. So you can get a test on Amazon or use the yes. testing locator on a CDC's website. So whatever is easiest and best for you, but make sure you get tested now. Now, Ruth, what, what would you say to that person? I'm, I'm actually really glad to hear about the strides that the black church is making. Um, Cause I know it was very hush hushing. Right? In some ways it's still Yes, absolutely. How would what would you say to the person who is really afraid, you know, of getting of, of actually taking the test? How how would you encourage that person to get the test and go and take the test and see um, their own results? What would you say to that person? I would say knowing is so much better than not knowing. Mm -hmm. um, it's so crucial to know the status with the advancements of what has been made in the medical field, even just with uh, the, you can live a long, mm. 
mm. happy, joyful, fulfilled life. Um, and so I would say whether it was overcoming the stigma, that fear, or just the fear of waiting. Yeah. Um, things have changed so much from going from a week, we had to wait a week for or 10 days for the test results till you get them right away. Mm -hmm. um, there are people that will go with you. There's volunteers mm -hmm. that'll go with you, that talk with you before, hold your hand during and, and sit with you. And afterwards, there's so many resources, but you want to protect yourself and give yourself um, the best gift, which is the knowledge of whether you're HIV positive or not. And then others, for those around you, you want to protect them. And so it's very, very important to know your status. Yes. And there's, uh, there's just so many resources and so many things have changed. Sometimes I just sit and weep mm. thinking of the ones where yeah. there was only one supermarket that would mm. take AIDS patients to shop mm. in the city of Philadelphia mm. because of Kaposi's sarcoma on their face. You could mm -hmm. identify AIDS Corp. You could identify right, a person right. living with AIDS. And so the other supermarkets wouldn't allow them. And that has changed. And so know your status. Yeah. That is the first way of of combating and then just overcome the stigma mm. and overcome fear. Mm. And, you know, the best way to do that is to be truly a hundred percent freedom free yeah. in the knowledge of knowing. Yeah. No, thank you so much. And I hope that encourages our, our listeners to, to get that test, get tested, know your status. Knowledge truly is power. And there are resources yeah. now, right? Yeah. You, you don't have to do it alone. Exactly. Yeah. You can live a healthy and full life. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's very important. Um, and talking about, you know, stigmas and all of that, you know, I, I, uh, I've also known that you, you do work in the transgender community. And I think it's so important, uh, that people understand that our transgender neighbors, brothers and sisters, or, you know, non-binary, uh, yes. um, um, neighbors do not, we, we never want to, to, um, how can you say, uh, uh mesh the two together, right? Just because yes. somebody's transgender yes. does not mean that they have HIV or AIDS. And so there's a reason why I actually am asking you this question about your own ministry to, uh, to, to those, our transgender neighbors, um, and, and, and how that's just impacted your own life and how that's informed your own music. Um, and, and yeah, and just, if you could talk to our listeners just about that, about your own ministry, uh, to, to our transgender transgender neighbors, I'm sure they would love to hear more about that as well. Sure. I, um, you know, sad to say, just like HIV, so the church is the last ones to be informed mm -hmm. and to provide mm -hmm. a loving but truthful response. Mm -hmm. And so uh, even mm. in those early days of combating HIV, we were so profoundly behind and even though they're different, I thank you for making the, the distinction. It's crucial. Yes. It's yeah, very, very important. Uh, important. Um, <clears throat> the church is profoundly behind. They don't know any of the pronouns. They don't yeah. know how to address yeah. a person. They know how to engage mm -hmm. a person. They don't even know the definition of transgenderism. Yeah. They, and so um, it's really helping Christians mm. understand uh, what trans genderism is, mm. what does the culture has to say, mm. what does we Christians should treat, and that's not hard, mm -hmm. it's very clear right. in the Bible, and, and to meet them and to see them as made in the image Amen. of God. Amen. 
and to listen Amen. to them, not hit them over the head with the Bible mm-hmm. and scripture, but to sit at the feet. And that's what I've been blessed to do. Unlike that's the great. HIV community where I jumped right into work because mm-hmm. I needed to, right. you know, people need, I've spent so many years just sitting at the feet of this community mm. and listening and learning. Now I will say this, mm. this community is armed and dangerous. They are, I wish our Christian community and body of believers were more like this. They have stay fuss and fight against themselves and their issues. But when the mm. battle cry goes out, well. there is a united front mm. and they come together, put aside their differences mm. and march on. Mm. And so it's been really beautiful in that way to see that and pray for that to be that beautiful picture of unity for our Christian body of brothers and sisters. Mm. Um, those that profess Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior, but also just sitting there at the feet of the community and listening and learning, not mm. saying a word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that has was really mm. beautiful for me to do. Mm. And then to go out and start. So what I do is help Christians understand uh, yeah. is, and help educate them and what is a beautiful way to engage and how do we engage? And, mm-hmm. you know, simple things of do you call him or she pronouns are tricky. Yes, yes. There's, you know, what, 81 pronouns. I mean, it's just, wow. it's more listed each day. Yes. So there's layers and layers and layers, but we as a Christian community are profoundly behind in this area. And this is the area that, <clears throat> directly deals with Genesis and directly deals with who God says he is. And so how do you deal with that? How do you show love while speaking truth? And the first one is to learn to speak the language. Mm. So it's it's been a blessing and a precious, precious gift the Lord has given me um, to also be able to, you know, and music has been a powerful Mm. way to do that. Um, It's doing choirs with people who are associated with transgender and just really hearing their stories and hearing and listening to them Mm. and giving them the gift of listening. Mm. Yeah. I think that's great. And entering in with humility and learning because our our words can do harm. And this is a community that has already and is already experiencing so much harm and marginalization. And so I think that's, that is, it's a, a good, um, exhortation right for us to listen and let me yeah (laughs) yes let me share this one quick thing we had um a group that we met monthly of 10 Mm -hmm. uh, people from the trans community who were struggling to hold on to their faith Mm. what does it mean what does it mean to be trans and a christian Mm -hmm. and we worked through those things each had a meal and talked and discussed and at the end of it, people were moving away. A lot of what's going on in the group had to disband it all for beautiful reasons, mm-hmm. thank God. And I did a questionnaire and with quite confidence and, and you know, uh, pride. I asked the question, what is the one thing you would help you want the Christian community, want from the Christian community? Well, I knew the answer, right, of right, course. Right. <laughs> you know, they want to tell their story. All of us just wants to tell our story. And their number one answer was, to be able to have communion at the Lord's table without a stigma and judgment. Mm -hmm. And these are ones who are struggling, are Christians, but are struggling. And I, it was, I was blown away Mm -hmm. and I had to repent 
And I had to understand, no, Ruth, it's not telling their story. It's to be in communion in the sacraments. And it's a beautiful picture. So there's a lot of work and a lot of work that we can be doing. And there's an openness there. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's um, that's that's mind blowing. I mean, really the, the, yeah. the sacrament, the, the, yes. the, the fellowship, the community, right? Yes. The, the, yes. the covenant community um, yes. and the need for that. We all, we all need that. And so if we can't find it in the church, we're going to find it in the world somehow, somewhere. Yes. Um, yes. Wow. You know, um, I would be remiss if I <laughs> did not ask you uh, to, to uh, bless our listeners with uh, 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 um, your gift. Uh, uh, oh, Lord. <laughs> Be careful what you ask for. <laughs> you're, 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 you're anointed. Um, uh, <laughs> you go. No pressure. No. <laughs> but uh, just your just anointed voice, you know, uh, 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 just for our listeners to hear a little sampling of that. And so, and so we can we can uh, uh, play a little a selection of yours. Um, tell me what what selection would you like for our listeners to hear anyway? I would love, it's something, a verse that I live by, mm -hmm. something that was modeled by my parents yeah. and my heroes, mm -hmm. and something that I think aligns us when we start to go off track, yeah. and it's Micah 6, and I think people go right to 8, but it's important right. to read 6 and 7, mm. um, because the Israelites are asking sarcastically, what do you want from me? Come on. You want this? I'll give you this. You want this? God, I'll give you this. And then God comes back with a slap back. Yep. And his language is strong there, very strong in the Greek and the Latin. Mm -hmm. This is what I require mm -hmm. of you. Uh, and so Micah 6, 6, 8, I would love to share with you because it's something that mm -hmm. helps me to stay on point. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Yes, and um, and I know our listeners were blessed by that sample there. Um, and, and I'm wondering now, Ruth, how if my listeners are like the listeners are listening, they're like, "Oh my gosh, Ruth is amazing! How do I get a hold of her music? How do I follow her work? How, how, how?" <laughs> so this is your time to just talk to our listeners and let them know how they can follow you, keep up with your events, sure. your concerts, and your all of your your body work. How can they access that? Well, I'm going to show my age. Um, I, I really, do, I'm going to be really out there. I really struggle with some of the places like putting your music on where you don't get compensated and it goes to someone else after all your work. Mm. Uh, so with the artist not getting yeah. paid appropriately. Yes. But this such a time as this. Yeah. So I've relinquished that. So we are <laughs> finally prepared to put everything out on wow. every since yeah, it's taken a long time. Wow. But I really had to 
come to peace with that because you know I'm a resistance sister, so I'm like, wait a minute, with the artist of of, of workman is worthy of their hire, and you know, da, 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 da. and so the reality is that this is a new day, a new age, and so this is the way yeah. it has to be. So I relinquish. I put up my white flag. So we're in a per- <laughs> we're in a process of doing that, but you can um, certainly go to my website, which we're also is under construction. Mm, okay. That'll yeah. be done by the September. Okay. The best way to find out about me is on social media okay. for right now. Okay. Um, and it's Facebook, Ruth Naomi Floyd music and photography page or Ruth Naomi Floyd by itself. Yes. Twitter, certainly Ruth Naomi Floyd and then Instagram, same thing. Great. Um, and then we'll have that up. We'll also have the Frederick Douglass Jazz Works mm-hmm. a website up as part of it. And I'm really excited because the website will really talk about the ministry aspect in the sense of HIV and AIDS and social justice and trans. And then it'll also be the music, Great. which will involve teaching oh, and all mm-hmm. that. And with Frederick Douglass Jazz Works, and then also show my visual arts and photography. Um, so it'll be one-stop shop. So I'm excited wait. for that. We can't wait. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And of course, we will um, We will definitely, uh, listeners, we will tag um, um, Ruth on, you know, on, on the post, on Facebook, on yes, Twitter, and on Instagram as well. So make sure you follow her so you can keep up um, with her events. And we're so glad that you're going to be sharing your music with us exennials and millennials. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so we can stream it and give you yes. give you some coins. I know it ain't the same as, you know, back right. in the day, but, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's also about access at the end. And this is I would I would have probably dug in my heels if I wasn't a teaching artist because the youngins right. were like, Miss Floyd, Look. you're so hip yeah. in so many other How ways. Up. Come on, Miss Floyd. Come on now. <laughs> so <laughs> you gotta listen to the youngins. They got they got a word. That, so. Yes, yeah, yeah, they do. They sure do. No, that's funny. And y'all, she is hip. Y'all, I wish y'all could see her amazing fro, y'all. She is on some Angela Davis type fro levels. Y'all just can't see this glorious fro she got going on. But but look, it's a form of resistance right there, you know? (laughs) Well, Ruth, I I mean, I just thank you so much for sitting at the table with us. Really and truly, uh, we appreciate it. It's an honor. Uh, yes. uh, to 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 call you a sister in the Lord. You know, yes, yeah. Amen. You know, um, at the amen. Table with us. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and we gotta do lunch at some point. So- yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm a big fan of yours. <laughs> we gotta do lunch. We, we we'll work that out. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. So thank you so much for taking a seat at the table with us. Uh, uh, and, to our- and thank you for what you oh, sisters you. do. Yeah. Truly, mm-hmm. thank you for what you sisters do. Mm. For those of us who've been in a long time, mm. it's just, it's kind of, I had to hit myself over again. Like, what? Mm. What? Mm. This is happening? Oh my God. <laughs> so thank you. We've, you, for those, this is an answer to prayer and I'm not, I mean that. Mm. Um, armed with theology, armed with your finger on the Personal. culture, pulse of the culture yeah. and be able to speak truth. Mm. And I know you're getting hit with darts and so just stand mm. and endure. Mm. So Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. And of course, I mean, this wouldn't be possible unless you, because of you, right? And all all the other saints and the elders who have gone before us. And so, so we thank you for setting this. We have gray hair to prove it. Well, come on now. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, really and truly, I mean, you and the other elders, you set the table for us so that we can actually build it. And so I, so we're, we too are grateful for you, you know, so thank you. So it's, um, it's an honor to co-labor in the gospel. 
really uh, thank with you. you um and together with the other saints right who have already in glory are worshiping together yes. we Oof. thank god yes uh we thank god for jesus and so yes and uh and i thank i thank you for taking a seat at the table with us and to our listeners of course i thank you for taking a, a seat at the table with us let's keep the conversation going tweet us your thoughts about black music month with ruth naomi floyd using the hashtag truth table follow us on twitter and instagram at truth table or email us your thoughts at asktruthstable.com don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on the Satchel Podcast Player. Truth Table is made possible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit Pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Bo York, and we have been your hosts, Akemi, Michelle, and Christina. We'll see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye, y'all.